Hello and welcome to Shir Jashub, the radio ministry of Shir Jashub Christian Tabernacle located in Madison, Connecticut. In today's study on heavenly authority, we will be looking at the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and examining the call of God on each of these men's lives. So, let's go into our study. Patty, today we're going to continue with our background study in the Old Testament by returning to the book of Genesis. And we want to look at two critical distinctions at this point in our study on heavenly authority. The first is the distinction between the individual who is in a direct personal relationship with God versus his descendants who might come under the blessings given the originator. Sometimes, as in the case of Abraham, these descendants compose some national or religious group. That's right. The second distinction goes hand in hand with the first. This is the distinction between authority, which comes from the special and personal call of God on an individual's life, versus that which is derived by and from a regulated institution or lineage, an organizational or systematic authority. Greg, throughout the book of Genesis, attention is given to genealogical records. Besides those we've already looked at for the descendants of Cain in chapter 4 and of Seth in chapter 5, there are lineages given in chapters 10, 11, 25, 35, 36, and 46. But more than this, the entire book of Genesis is an account of God dealing with and through individuals. He selects or chooses on an individual basis as he calls the person into direct fellowship and communication with himself. And this is important to take note of since in programs to come we will see God working with a chosen nation of people based on their lineage. And we will study the Levitical priesthood, an institution established for the descendants of Aaron by the law which God gave Moses. But returning to the individuals with whom God dealt, we have already looked at some of these individuals, the patriarchs of Genesis. There was Abel, who brought the more excellent sacrifice, and Enoch, who walked with God. And in the last few programs we studied Noah, a righteous man whom God spoke to about man, sin, the flood, and deliverance. These three men stand out in the early chapters of Genesis as exceptional examples of individuals who found favor with God. And Patty, there is a lineage at work here also. Remember, Enoch comes from that line from Seth and Enosh, who began to proclaim the name of the Lord. We saw in our previous program how that ancestry was connected to the sons of God, who preached the word of the Lord to the pre-flood generation. And obviously, that ancestry had an impact on Enoch's life. And Enoch also was the great-grandfather of Noah. That's right. But in whatever way that lineage benefited Noah, it obviously did not benefit any of the others in his day who shared the same pedigree. For chapter 5 tells us there were other sons and daughters born to each of those listed in the line from Seth down to Noah. But all the rest who were alive at the time of the flood perished. Only Noah was found a just man, perfect in his generations. And only he and his immediate family were saved. And Patty, this calling and choosing of the individual is seen most clearly 
when we come to chapters 11 and 12 of Genesis to Abraham, a man whom God called personally to come out from his country and his people and go in faith to a land God would show him. I'll read first from Genesis 12, verses 1 to 5. Abraham is still named Abram at this point. Now the Lord's had said to Abram, Get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. And Abram was seventy-five years old when he departed from Haran. Then Abram took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered, and the people whom they had acquired in Haran, and they departed to go to the land of Canaan. So they came to the land of Canaan. Then in chapter 13, verses 14 and 17, we read, The Lord said to Abram, after Lot had parted from him, Lift up your eyes from where you are, and look north and south, east and west. All the land that you see I will give to you and your offspring forever. I will make your offspring like the dust of the earth, so that if anyone could count the dust, then your offspring could be counted. Go, walk through the length and breadth of the land, for I am giving it to you. Then in Genesis chapter 17, verses 1 to 5, we read, When Abram was ninety-nine years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am Almighty God, walk before me and be blameless. And I will make my covenant between me and you, and will multiply you exceedingly. Then Abram fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be a father of many nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be Abraham for I have made you a father of many nations. I would like our listeners to notice several things from these passages. First, notice the personal communication that Abraham had with God. Now the Lord had said to Abram in Genesis 12:1, and again, and the Lord said to Abram in Genesis 13:14. And this communication continues throughout the account of Abraham's life. Second, notice the personal promises from God. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And I will curse him who curses you. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. This last promise, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed, is the most important and spoke of the Messiah that would come from the seed of Abraham. And in Genesis chapter 13, verses 14 to 17, which Patty just read, God promised the land of Canaan to Abraham's descendants. Thousands of years have come and gone, yet today Canaan is again the Jewish country Israel. Third, notice the personal position bestowed by God. The Lord gave Abraham a great position of authority, the father of a great nation, the father of many nations, the ancestor of the Messiah, and the center of world affairs. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. God would make his name great, 
And the call to this position came directly from God to Abraham. Also notice that Abraham, in turn, responded personally to the call, as it says in Genesis 12:4. So Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken to him. He was faithful to the call of God and left his country and his father's house. Now, Greg, of Abraham's sons, it was Isaac who was chosen by God, not Ishmael, and not the six sons born to Abraham by Keturah, the wife he took after Sarah's death. Speaking of Isaac, Genesis chapter 26, verses 23 to 25 says, Then he went up from there to Beersheba, and the Lord appeared to him the same night and said, I am the God of your father Abraham. Do not fear, for I am with you. I will bless you and multiply your descendants for my servant Abraham's sake. So he built an altar there and called on the name of the Lord, and he pitched his tent there, and there Isaac's servants dug a well. Notice again the personal communication between God and Isaac. Notice also the individual calling, even though the promises were, quote, for my servant Abraham's sake. And most importantly, notice the personal response to that call. Isaac built an altar there and called on the name of the Lord. And though Isaac had two sons, Jacob and Esau, it was only Jacob that entered into this covenant relationship. Patty, can you read about Jacob's call at Bethel in Genesis chapter 28, verses 10 to 15? Now Jacob went out from Beersheba and went toward Haran. So he came to a certain place and stayed there all night, because the sun had set. And he took one of the stones of that place and put it at his head, and he lay down in that place to sleep. Then he dreamed, and behold, a ladder was set up on the earth, and its top reached to heaven, and there the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie I will give to you and your descendants. Also your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth. You shall spread abroad to the west and the east, to the north and the south. And in you and in your seed all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go, and will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. But Jacob was a self-confident man of cunning, and it really wouldn't be till years later, at a place Jacob would afterwards name Peniel, that he would be broken enough to truly respond and enter into that relationship with God. Faced with the certainty of meeting his brother Esau, who had plotted to kill him, and four hundred of Esau's men, Jacob wrestled with God and came face to face with his Lord through the angel. Peniel means face of God. In Genesis chapter 32, verses 24 to 31, we read, Then Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. Now when he saw that he did not prevail against him, he touched the socket of his hip, and the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint, as he wrestled with him. And he said, Let me go, for the day breaks. But he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, What is your name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, Your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, 
for you have struggled with God and with men, and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked, saying, Tell me your name, I pray. And he said, Why is it that you ask about my name? And he blessed him there. And Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, for I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. Just as he crossed over Penuel, the sun rose on him, and he limped on his hip. In Hosea chapter 12, verses 3 to 4, the prophet says of Jacob, He took his brother by the heel in the womb, and in his strength he struggled with God. Yes, he struggled with the angel and prevailed. He wept and sought favor from him. He wept. Humbled and totally dependent on God, Jacob's name was changed by God to Israel. This is the same Jacob who would then boldly praise God in Genesis chapter 48, verses 15 to 16, calling him the God who has been my shepherd all my life to this day, the angel who has delivered me from all harm. And this is the Jacob who, filled with the Holy Spirit, would bless his sons and prophesy the events of the future just before his death. If you would like to write to us or help support the evangelical outreach of our church, please send all correspondence and donations to Shear Jeshub Christian Tabernacle, Post Office Box 518, Branford, Connecticut 06405. Sheer Jeshub Christian Tabernacle meets every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. in the upper room of the Memorial Hall on Meeting House Lane in Madison, Connecticut. Take I-95 to exit 61. Go south to Route 1. Turn right, and at the next light, turn right again. We are in the yellow brick and white building. Please join us next time for Sheer Jeshub.